Welcome to Beyond Rent, the property management podcast brought to you by Rent Manager. Each episode, we sit down with an expert to talk industry updates, tech solutions, and top tips for those in the property management space. And now, let's get to the conversation and go Beyond Rent. Welcome to Beyond Rent. Today, we are jumping into a really hot topic, AI. I don't think I can go a single day without talking about artificial intelligence. So I'm excited to have Alexis on the show today to learn more. Alexis, welcome to Beyond Rent. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm excited as well. This is not only a fun topic, but you know, being in the tech industry on my side, uh, I just get really excited about advancements in technology. So I want to learn more about how people are thinking about and using AI in our industry right now. But before we get into the topic, let's make sure our audience knows who you are. So go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us what you do. Well, hello, my name is Alexis Melton. I'm a training specialist for Linco Properties here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I am in charge of all of the um, training and career development here and rent manager training for our company. So um, really passionate about that aspect of it and the training side of it. And I get to bring in AI and help me out a little bit, be an assistant. <laughs> and I think that's the fun part about AI is uh, no matter what role we're in, there's probably a fit, uh, something that we can use for it. And so over at Linco, how long have you been uh, working for that company? So actually within this year, I, I've been privileged to come onto the team this year as the company grows and kind of get my feet wet with new acquisitions and new teams in different states and kind of learn um, how all across the United States does property management. So that's been really cool. Yeah, that is great. And you said specifically you're in a training role. Have you been in that type of role for a while or is this a new role for you in the property management space? Yeah, so I've been a trainer for probably going on three years now. I actually got my advanced facilitator training with the National Apartment Association um, in 2022. And so that has been really helpful to be able to speak at luncheons and be able to outreach to also my community um, and my, my local apartment association to be able to share trainings and stuff like that um, and credentials and that's been really fun. So it's been cool to see the side of it from just internally to my company to locally to my association as well. Yeah, that's great that you're getting out there and uh, a taking advantage of some of the things that the NAA has, but also uh, spreading that education uh, as you can. So no, that's great. So let's uh, get into the topic. Let's talk about artificial intelligence. Um, I'm really interested from your perspective, somebody that's you know on the operations side, the training side of a property management company, how it fits. Um, and as we kind of frame up this conversation, can you maybe... Give us a high level, like, well, what is AI? What is, you know, large language models? I, th I kind of hear that term being floated around or even chat GPT. How do you explain those or define those? Yeah, so AI or artificial intelligence is a field of com computer science focused on creating systems capable of performing tasks that require human intelligence. These tasks include things like learning, reasoning, problem solving, big ideas, right? But large language models like GBT is a pre-trained transformer series or a subset of AI models designed to understand and generate more human-like text based on training data. So they're actually training these 
um, platforms to be able to try to respond more human-like. And that's where ChatGBT comes in because this is an instance of both of these models that can interact with users in a conversational manner and actually learn with the more that you use ChatGBT, it actually learns the way you talk or how you would like to respond to things. You can tell it, make it more human or make it less formal. I don't talk like that. And it will actually start learning how to adapt to your questions based on that model and what they've been given for training data as well. So this is really interesting. So when I think artificial intelligence, or at least maybe what I used to think about it was like this mysterious technology that just understood things. But kind of what you're explaining here is, yes, that's a little bit true, but technology has to be trained. Is that accurate? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. They, AI has to be used as a tool because someone is having to give them the algorithms capable of even processing and generating this text. They don't process emotions or conscience or intentions. They reflect only on any data that they've been given or has been hardwired to respond to. I think that's a really important point because, again, I think a lot of people haven't researched uh, AI maybe to the level that you have or started using it to the level that you have. So it seems a little mysterious and like, well, how is it getting this information? How does it understand the responses that um, it, it's providing? And there really is a lot that goes behind it, a lot of training that goes behind it. And, and help us understand maybe the history of AI as well, because AI isn't a new term, right? Uh, we've been hearing this in technology for a long time. I might even say decades, uh, well over 10 years. How is maybe AI evolved over the years and what is kind of this latest iteration? How is it different than other um, versions in the past? Well, the thing is with it now, it is coming from a way that with our technology advancing, it is no longer like cha-cha before where you could text a certain number and it would tell you the answer to one thing that was a human still based response on the other side of that module, right? Our, with our technology advancing the way that it is, it's able to take in a lot more like validation and testing and data processing and data collection. And it's really based on things that are happening on the web. It's taking that textual data from those books and articles in the web, and it's actually putting it in to this model um, to kind of help, learn and it's one of those things that it it's it's almost the the limits are are, are limitless almost it, it's it's going to grow so much because it's as we evolve and how the internet evolves ai is just going to learn from that it, yeah and i think that's great when you kind of look at that bigger picture of like the growth and i think that's maybe why ai was viewed as i guess limited in the past or maybe there was restrictions or maybe people didn't adopt it in uh, such a, a higher volume because the data was more limited then, right? And I think at this point, there is such a volume of information out there that AI can, can tap into. So when we start looking and thinking and hearing about artificial intelligence, how do you think people should really view it or think about it in the current state? really should be facing it as a tool, not as a replacement for the humans. Um, and that, again, it can't process emotions or consciousness. It's only going to have so much data. It's not going to be able to go back into the past or know 
feelings of whatever it's kind of in, especially in our field of property management, there's actually a website that's called Will Robots Take My Job? And you can search it and you can put in different fields and see what their probabilities are of what they think of robots taking our job. And I put in property management, it's only 43%. And I find that humorous because you would think with our our industry being so tech savvy that um, they actually put it in a moderate risk of automation. Um, And the reason why is because they think that there's a lot of important qualities of the job that are difficult to automate um, in property management. And that's negotiation, persuasion, and social perceptiveness. AI is never going to be able to do that for you. They can make your job easier um, and give you certain tools to be able to help a process, but it's not going to be able to replace um, the people in it and be able to help you. So just remembering that this is a tool to help exceed, like excel your team, not replace your team. Yeah. I'm going to have to check out that website. That's a lot of fun to kind of see what the predictions are. And and I agree. I think 43% is lower than I would think for most roles right now, kind of where we're at with technology and how we think about automation and and possibly replacing uh, jobs completely. So I'd be interested to see which ones are, you know, above 75% or above 90%, what jobs kind of fall into those categories versus ones that are maybe even lower. Uh, You know, I think maybe even uh, specialized skills like a, a doctor or something like that might be very, very low at this point because, Yes. Well, maybe a robot could do surgery. I don't know if we necessarily wanted to do (laughs) surgery. So with, with that in mind, like this idea of, you know, will robots take over my job? I, I, I think a lot of people are concerned about that right now when they look at AI and they start thinking about, you know, maybe sci-fi movies or books that they've read in the past about this idea of robots taking over and becoming smarter than us. What your kind of positioning is, we're not even close to that at this point. This is truly just a tool. It only knows what, what we tell it to know. Now it can know a lot of things because there's a lot of uh, information out there, but the risk level is pretty low as far as the robots taking over the world. But even in our industry, you don't see AI really taking over property management, but instead really assisting. Is that is that correct? Yeah, it, it's not going to be able to replace anyone or anything in property management. If anything, again, going back to the tool, when it comes to like leasing or something like that, we have a lot of the chat box doing that on our websites and marketing tools and stuff like that and being able to pull that data to make our marketing and stuff better. However, it's one of those things that AI is never going to be able to be in ethical or social implications, economic factors, it's not going to be able to make decisions on any of that or repetitive task. Now, if you gave it a policy that you need typed out and formalized and straight streamlined, yeah, it will help you streamline a policy to give out to your team. Um, but it's not going to be able to make decisions, lease apartments, lease homes, whatever you needed to do. It's not going to be able to replace anything. It's going to be able to enhance and give us more stuff to kind of not require it, it's not going to be able to replace a deep understanding or emotional intelligence. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And I'd agree. And that's a lot of what I'm hearing as well uh, about AI and kind of what it looks and feels like in its current state. And I think a lot of people are excited about the future of it and people are really kind of diving in uh, more uh, now than they ever have. So maybe let's, let's take a, 
a worldview on this a little bit. And when I say worldview, kind of like, let's look at business in general, um, regardless of what industry it is, whether it's property management or retail or hospitality or whatever it might be that's out there. How are you seeing AI impacting the world kind of right now in the business world? A lot of it right now I see is turning it from where your first reaction or like your first interaction with certain companies is going to be AI. Um, It's going to be the first thing that when you go and order at a drive-thru now, there is a module that is going at the beginning of that that might be generated from AI or something like that to kind of help predict your order or help that process while they're busy. Um, recently, I was taking my daughter through McDonald's and the so, like a voice came on and it was asking me and walking me through what I wanted. And then it cut off all of a sudden and then an actual person was there. And honestly, until I realized that other person was talking, I had no idea who I was talking to. And so part of me was like, I would love to look into that because I was like, what is that? That was being able to text on the screen and keep that conversation with me going, you know? And so it's like, how, <laughs> how was that possible? And so that was really interesting to be able to see a module like that in fast food because it is so fast and how quickly it was able to respond to the different things I was saying before the person had time to jump in because it was busy. So that was really cool to see. So a lot of the times it's going to be the very first thing that people see or touch or whatever of any brand across the world. A lot of it is becoming these bots or the ChatGPT or the very first thing you see online is being generated or the, our marketing, especially the first things we see are being generated from these AIs and they're learning how we like how what we're going to respond to. Um, and it's just going to evolve kind of from there. But I, I definitely see it hitting our marketing and kind of growing from that because it's just learning so much of what's working and what's not. And Facebook and stuff like that are actually helping that with that, their algorithms as well. Yeah, that's really interesting. That story about McDonald's is, I think, a great example of how we can use things like this as a tool, right? As a supplement to our workforce, where in an environment where things are moving very quickly, uh, maybe even workload is unpredictable. And I would say fast food's a great example. Like, I I can only think that McDonald's knows when they're going to be busy, maybe when they won't be busy, but they may not always know on the staffing side when they're going to have staffing concerns, right? When you have a few people that get sick and they don't show up, uh, you can't always predict things like that as as well. So you, we have AI that can step in and assist in making sure that the business continues to move forward. And this idea that the first interaction is probably going to be AI, um, I think that's really interesting. And I think that's really helpful. And I'm really excited about that because I think there's actually a desire for a lot of consumers to have their first interaction with the business to be, I would say a little easier or maybe a little less confrontational or interactive in some ways where it's just, I'm looking for information. I just want to learn and AI can step in and help me learn and get the answers I'm looking for. No, absolutely. I think if anything, COVID kind of helped AI kind of come into more fruition, I think a little quicker, just because we couldn't be face to face, we couldn't touch, we couldn't do anything. And so it's one of those things that there's a lot of people and especially like some of the younger generations coming up into, you know, society, they aren't used to uh, for two, almost three years, they've been 
lockdown, virtual learning, social, like the social aspect has been so low that they want this tool first because developmentally, they might not be ready for what pre-COVID some people were because it's, that definitely changed um, the aspect of our world, you know? Um, So I think that if anything, AI is giving some people comfortability because the world did change a little bit with that. And so they're able to actually still search for certain things or do certain things. And I think that's really helpful. Yeah, it is. And and I do think there's a desire on both sides, right? The businesses side and the consumer side for those types of interactions and those efficiencies. So let's think about that now, like as it relates to our industry, property management, you kind of make it a comment about the first interaction being one that's driven by AI. How does that apply to our world uh, with rental property? Yeah. So the one way that AI can really help property management is various ways. One, I like to use it to help like write out policies and procedures, training manuals, stuff like that, to be able to give more information as quickly as I can when I don't have time to formally write down all those policies, but I can tell ChatGBT, please write me a policy on the rent, the application process, and it can help me write it all out step by step. And then I can tweak it per my company's policies. The other ways is like predictive maintenance. AI can help analyze data from property assets and predict when they're likely to fail or need maintenance. Um, should your software be able to track that? Um, energy efficiency, um, optimize heating and ventilation, air conditioning to help reduce on cost, um, tenant experience especially. Chatbots and the AI-driven assistants are helping answer tenant inquiries 24-7 when um, they they want an answer now, right? Everyone, when you get into this, prospects or um, tenants, they want to be able to ask a question right that second. And that is one thing that tenants are able to, I mean, the, the ChatGPT is actually able to help with now. And that is helping to an improved tenant satisfaction and less stress on the property as well because they're not having to be like yes this is your email address or yes this is the online portal chat gpt or whatever ai bot they might have on their website is able to answer some of those questions as well um and another thing that's big one is like lease management and document automation be able to process lease applications quickly by analyzing the tenant's information running background checks we see that coming up in different companies all across the u.s um and even taking it and automating document sorting, filing, retrieval, just trying to make the whole process efficient to, again, save time so that the people or the employees then working there can focus on the actual residence experience, which is the most important part. Um, You know, out of all of the marketing things, we can throw out everything, we can spend all the money, we can get all the chat, but the people is the most important part of that. Yeah, and the 24-7 part, is I think the maybe one of the elements I am most intrigued by because at first glance, it seems like that's really a huge benefit for the resident. And it is, right? Uh, we do live in an on-demand world where people want instant answers. I want to be able to go online and buy what I want, no matter what time of day it is, things like that. And in property management, that's not the way we've really operated. We're more of a a nine to five type operation, right? But, but people live their lives 24 seven. They're in their homes 24 seven things break 24 seven. So they expect some level of a response and there's all types of ways to solve for that, whether it's something that's on call or maybe a call center or things like that, which are, which can be very effective. 
But in most cases, if it's not an emergency, the resident just wants to know that there was a response and that something got scheduled. And really, technology can do most of that for us. So I see a huge benefit to the resident, but I see a huge benefit to the actual property management company as well, because that means that the property managers are not walking into a little bit of a nightmare every morning, wondering what happened overnight, right? There's that anxiety. You walk in, is there a voicemail or is there an email? What's waiting for me when I walk in the door? If you know technology is kind of taking care of things while you're away, I think that could really improve the experience of the actual property manager. Are you starting to see elements of that in our industry or people focused on that side of it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because again, the one thing that I think that we forget about is that we're humans, but what we forget is that we're dealing with people's homes, right? And so they're going to be the most sensitive about their homes. And so while we were like, okay, it's just a light bulb, they want to at least know that we have put in that light bulb for their porch light, you know, like, it's one of those things that they they want to feel justified, and they want an answer now, like you said, and they want to be able to feel like they are heard and valued. And the integrity, like, the integration of AI and automation tools can enhance that responsiveness um, and be able to give notifications so that it helps the tenant or the residents know that they are taken care of. But also on our side, they've been acknowledged. They're okay for a second. Let's come up with a game plan, especially if it was something bigger or something that's going to take a few days or a project and being able to give them updates through this chatbot or through something like that to be able to let them know like, Hey, we hear you. We see you. Here's our plan. Um, and this is what we're working on. It just gives us all a little like breather (laughs) a little bit and everyone, you know, kind of feels a little better and hopefully that helps with the retention a little bit. Absolutely. And when it comes to actually using tools like this, you had talked about using, uh, some for writing up policies and training manuals, things like that versus something that's using AI for a a chat bot or some type of automation, how are these being implemented? And and I ask because uh, my assumption is like the part where you're writing training manuals, you're probably like literally doing that. You're logging in and you're, you're providing prompts to have a response, but on the flip side, the maintenance or the 24 seven responses through chat bots, that's a little bit different, right? That's a little more technology and software driven. Yes, absolutely. So that's one thing that you do have to partner up on with whatever your website or your host software is uh, to be able to get that response um, or that those things kind of implemented for you. It's not anything that I would be able to log on to Google and get a chat box to go onto my website. It's something that you would want to work with um, your software kind of peaceably to make it as easy as possible. But yeah, when it comes to like the training modules and stuff like that, that is something that is definitely more solo I can do on my own. But when there is something that I want to do on a bigger level, that is through our software, um, through our websites and, or I use something called Zapier and Zapier is something that I'm connecting. Um, it's like a connection tool kind of, I, I call it like the holding hands of different um, softwares to be able to work together. So I actually have Zapier going in and reading my emails every night and ChatGPT is responding to them and they put it in my drafts and it's there in the morning for me to read and to make sure that I agree to before it sends it off. I could make it to where it sends it off. And so it is one of those things that let's say a property uh, wanted to set it up that way and any emails that come from a certain 
let's say tenant web access uh, or a certain subject line, it can read those emails and let them know like, hi, we have gotten your inquiry. Uh, if it's a complaint or it can look at those things and kind of be like, okay, let me draft a response that I hear you. I'm going to research into this. It could read that overnight and send it out for them in the morning. Um, or it could put in the drafts and have them review it in, in the morning and then they could send it out that way. Zapier has been pretty cool being able to connect those different things. Um, even I've had it take come from like Google, my business and any Google reviews, it takes it and puts it in an Excel spreadsheet and then generates a response of how that review and how we should respond to that review. And I'm able to review it before I post it on Google to make sure that, you know, again, the human feeling part isn't necessarily there with ChatGPT. So I like to also show our concerns um, and put the little bit of human back in the, their response. I think this is where AI gets fun is that the, the level of complexity or simplicity that's tied to it right now, because you're right. If you're doing like a full on chatbot on your website or a, a maintenance automation solution, now that's software, that's developers, that's, that's a pretty heavy lift, but they're very important and, and people should be looking at these, but it doesn't have to be all that complicated. It can actually be things that anyone can start implementing and using and I love the example of like the business reviews and using uh, ChatGPT to like produce these results and and your tip of reviewing it in advance is important because while this AI has gotten really good, it can sometimes understand sarcasm or or something like that. It doesn't always understand it. So somebody may be sarcastic in their review and me and you would pick up on it, but AI might. So the response may not really hit the way that you need it to. So that review part's important, but you're really just going out there and using tools, Zapier, uh, ChatGPT, and other things like that to kind of piece together some automations for yourself. Um, in your experience, what has been, I guess, maybe the most fun to create or the most effective uh, little AI project that you've put together so far? So far, my favorite AI project is definitely the having a middleman, which is for me has been Zapier kind of connect the two of training and AI. So what I have it do for me is it follows up. It is completed like training checklist, training check-ins, stuff like that, that I have automatically coming out of my email and being able to reach out to them so that they also feel kind of like that I'm there for them in their aspect of learning. Cause again, Property management is big and so training can be scary. And so I think one thing that has been my favorite thing of kind of this whole AI thing is being able to use it in a way that I never would have had the time to write out the amount of things it's helped me write out or respond to the amount of Google reviews that it's had me help that it, that it's helped me with. Um, it's one of those like the impact that it's done for me um, is just it, it really is one of those things that I'm very appreciative of the knowledge of it and it's the time saving of it. But it, again, the, my favorite part is what it has done to help transform my training process and being able to implement new ideas, new policies, new stuff to document so that they have all the tools they need right from the beginning and kind of follow up and check on them in the process. That's been kind of my favorite aspect of it. Yeah. The result of actually being able to produce more 
or more of the most important things I think is the real result. And I think that's a lot of what you kind of, you were talking about early on, like this is a tool, there's lots of knowledge out there, can do lots of things, but at the end of the day, we should use it as a tool so we can free up our time to do the most valuable work that we, that we can. Now, I also want to maybe hear some tips from you on how to keep the human element involved. I know you talked a little bit about reviewing it and so forth. Like, are there other tips to make sure that we don't end up going too far down the path and just having these very robotic interactions uh, where we need the human touch? Yeah. So especially like reviewing whatever ChatGPT or AI is giving you for sure, because I don't know about you, but I don't have anyone with the first name valued last name resident um, at any of my properties or anything like that. And a lot of the times people are just thinking, oh, AI wrote this thing for me. It is great. Let me go ahead and send it out. And it's like, if you reread that, it's it takes like the human aspect of it out, you know? And it's like, that is very much, you, you start to realize like, especially the more you use AI, like that was generated from a computer. And remembering that, People find their name the most interesting thing in the world. It's the only one of the only things that they care about. Um, they people love it so much they literally name things after themselves, like the Eiffel Tower, right? So it's one of those remembering that if we can't address people's humanism on such a basic level, then what hope do we kind of have? It's people's names and the human aspect of it, and remembering that in this is something that it, it's basic. It's one of those things that it's, we can use it as a tool, but it's essential to recognize that AI is not going to process emotions. It's not going to intertwine a human oversight or ethics or empathy in a way that maybe we do need to be empathetic in a certain situation and remembering that side of it and really using this as a tool to remember that human values and ethics need to be upheld in the world of AI. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, that's a good reminder. I need to use people's names more often. So Alexis, I'll try to say that more often, um, right? Because you're yeah, absolutely right. People do respond to it. They actually say, you know, we can't help but respond positively when people use use our names. So I think that's a really important point uh, to really uh, emphasize. And remember, like this is a industry of interacting with people. That's why we have property managers. That's why training people on how to work in an industry is so important. It is their homes. You mentioned that earlier. Uh, very few things are as important um, to us as where we live, right? That's that's kind of our life. Uh, you know, our whole life is kind of structured around where we live. So it's a very valuable uh, part of every, um, everyone's life. And we should always make sure that we focus on that and, and never lose that human element. So for our listeners that haven't really dove into AI or chat GPT, what are kind of the first steps to take or where should they go looking in the internet to unlock some of this AI? Yeah. So very first step that I would say for anyone is to remember to just, you can Google, but chat GPT is chat.openai.com. It's a website and a has a blog and has a lot of great resources to understand the latest advancements and research in the field of AI. They cover all of it. And there's also many online forums and communities dedicated to it in deep learning. But definitely just going to the website. It is free if you create an account um, and it just takes your email. And it's one of those things you can kind of just jump in and actually start asking it questions. It does like to talk about itself, believe it or not. <laughs> 
Yeah, I highly recommend anyone that does not have an account yet, uh, go set one up like Alexis mentioned. It is a free account and just start really playing with it, right? Just asking questions and, um, and, and it really is conversational and you can ask follow-up questions. You can reference back to prior questions that, that you've asked it and it understands a lot of that context and it's, it's, it's very interesting. Yes, it is. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. So as we come to a close for this episode, um, I want to make sure that you have an opportunity to reference anything else that you'd like to reference. I know you said you're actively involved in NAA or possibly uh, Linco management there. Um, any websites or anything that you'd want people to go check out uh, to learn more about what you and your company is up to? Yeah. So my LinkedIn is Alexis Melton. I am posting new things on there and I am going to be really excited to get to be at the conference as well. Um, One of the main things that I like to refer to people when they're in AI and trying to remember the AI side of it is there's a book that I recommend. It's How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. He um, writes about the only book you need to lead to success in a world of technology and the human connection. And I really enjoy that book. Um, But for me, I'm on LinkedIn and uh, our website, Linco Properties and our Facebook. And I'm really excited to kind of get out there and travel and learn more about what's going on everywhere else. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And I, I think it's great that we talked about technology and you referenced uh, going to check out a book. And I think that is such a reminder that as we embrace technology and we use these new tools, uh, there's still value in other, I guess, mediums, right? Uh, so we need to still be out there reading books. We need to be uh, listening to things like this podcast. We need to have conversations. We need to connect with people uh, because technology can't do it all for us. No, absolutely. All right, Alexis, thanks you so much for joining us for this great conversation about our artificial intelligence and what it's doing in our industry. I'm sure our audience will really love hearing from you. And thanks to our audience for listening in as well. And until next time, keep going Beyond Rent. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Beyond Rent. If you enjoyed this podcast, spread the word on social media and with your peers in the industry. To be notified when more episodes are released, Subscribe using your favorite podcast player. Beyond Rent is brought to you by Rent Manager Property Management Software. Learn more about Rent Manager's industry-leading software solutions at rentmanager.com. Until next time, keep going Beyond Rent. Beyond Rent.